1: Hello, thank you for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today I have a couple of guests who sit on our Risk Management and Insurance Committee, Doug Esposito and Kevin Mullins. Doug Esposito has been a property and casualty specialist with Assured Partners and an industry leader in multifaceted insurance programs and risk management since 2002. He leads the firm's renewable energy and cannabis practice with specific expertise in these industries. Doug currently serves as the co-chair of the California Cannabis Industries Risk Management Committee, as well as NCIA's Risk Management and Insurance Committee. And he's been an active member in the cannabis community for the last eight plus years. We also have Kevin Mullins, who is vice president of Emerging Markets for 3SI, In his current role, he leads the company's efforts to identify and penetrate new and emerging markets through the creation and execution of vertical market strategies. He's focused on the high growth and security needs within the cannabis industry. He's published numerous white papers and is an author in over 20 business and cannabis journals. Happy to have both of you on the show today. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you, Bethany.
3: Thank you, Bethany.
1: Awesome. So I'd love to get to know you both a little bit better. It's your first time on the show. Um, Let's learn more about your background and experience and more of the things you were doing prior to moving into the cannabis space. Uh, Doug, let's start with you.
2: Sure. Uh, you know, it, I've been in insurance for, for 20 plus years, but before insurance, I was actually a commercial general contractor. And and that led me to kind of writing insurance for the construction industry, you know, probably still doing construction today, but also about eight or nine years ago, that's when I really entered the uh, insurance and risk management space for for cannabis. So not not super sexy, but not bad. Hey, somebody's got to do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kevin, what about you? What's your background like?
2: Oh, hey,
3: Bethany. Um, I was a banker for 23 years. So very interesting mm-hmm. kind of coming from that background into what I'm doing now. Um, I left banking in 2010, really, because it wasn't that much fun at that point, um, mm-hmm. like coming out of the you know, financial crisis and wanted to do something else. So I started a software company. And uh, we sold back to banks and to credit unions and, uh, you know, hit a bit of, a, I won't say a home run, but we had a nice start with that company and we were successful. Uh was bought out by a private equity group. Um, you know, from there, I migrated over into really more of the security side of things. So working in uh, a next generation 911 solution. So working with that company, growing out um, different types of protection solutions. And then from there, I migrated on, over into my current role. Uh, so working with RSI.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Great. So how did you both come from these, you know, pretty stable, pretty straightforward industries and get involved in cannabis, which even eight plus years into legal cannabis sales is still really highly regulated, really constant moving parts. What made you want to get involved in this industry? How did that happen?
2: You know, it was interesting. I've got a dear friend and she's a CPA and had a, a large book of construction clients. And then she started dating this guy and he was a grower. And and sure sure enough, as soon as the reg started changing, 2015, she said, Doug, hey, I got an attorney who wants to focus on this. I'll do the accounting side. What do you think about the insurance? And so it, I just kind of pivoted. I did some research and I looked at the marketplace and where it was moving and what carriers were there. And I just kind of saw it as a, a great business opportunity. I mean, it, it, it' cutting edge, dynamic, exciting, a little bit of, of you know, uh, 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 poop disturbing, if you will, get to go against, you know, the grain and boom, I, I committed. I said, all right, I'm in. And then it's just a matter of digging in and, and learning everything you can. And and seeing as many grows and extractions and and, and dispensaries as you can to just know exactly what they're doing. So you know how to protect them.
1: The green tour, right? Yeah, exactly. Man, the first time I walked into like a huge state-of-the-art cannabis warehouse here in Denver, um, a grow facility with the different rooms, Uh, mind blown, right? (laughs)
2: No, totally, and especially some of those extraction facilities. I mean, they're mm-hmm. like clean rooms. Yep, you betcha. How
1: about you, Kevin? What made you jump into uh, the the green rush? Which, ooh, <laughs> what, a, what a weird phrase. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
3: I mentioned earlier that I was working with a uh, a video nine one one solution, and three uh, SI became the distributor of this platform, and so mm-hmm. we're selling out into different types of retail establishments, selling into the banking industry selling into finance and and really it's a it's a security type platform and and so in kind of migrating into that I came over to work with 3SI so they hired me in as vice president of emerging markets and it's like okay what are emerging markets and so <laughs> those are new high growth high risk verticals. And obviously cannabis is number one. I mean, it's the fastest Mm -hmm. growing industry in North America and it is, I mean, there's risk involved in it. And from a, from a physical security standpoint, you know, so protecting all of your operations and, you know, there's a need in that. And so that was a natural migration for me. And then once I got involved, you know, in the cannabis industry, it's just the most amazing, I wake up every day happy because of the people that I work with, the growth, the energy, the excitement in the industry, and so I, I, I'm that guy that loves his job.
1: Nice, awesome, yeah. I think a lot of people in this industry, despite it being, you know, a little bit more difficult than than some others, um, really can f- say the same thing for themselves. Um, to be able to work in something that you feel like you're actually making a difference. You can be passionate about it. You have a little extra pep in your stuff when you get to add and combine, um, you know, your your livelihood with things that you care about as well. Um, Quick side question. Did either of you have a relationship with the plant, as we like to say, um, prior to getting, you know, getting your hands dirty
2: in the industry. <laughs> I love the way you phrase that stuff, Bethany. <laughs> um, hey, I'll take this one first, Kevin, because it, it, not really. So I was really ignorant. I'm talking ignorant, but I had a, a cousin who had been growing, you know, for 25 plus years. And. When he would come over to the house, he'd always light up. And I was like, hey, to each his own. And it was just, uh, you know, I, I would grab the beer and the whiskey and he'd pull out a, a big joint and the kids were asleep and uh, and he would just do his thing. And it's it just so I really didn't know anything. What everyone was talking about, about it, it, the challenges until all of a sudden you start research and you go to an event and then you really start seeing the challenges, especially from the OGs. And, and the medicinal side, though, for me, really just gets me excited. I mean, the opportunity for pain management and, and sleep and, and maybe drug withdrawals, I mean, just is is really intoxicating. Um, but, yeah, so I, I'm not a heavyweight user, but I definitely partake. And I don't think I've had uh, I've, I've never not had a good high. Let me put it that way. <laughs>
1: wonderful Uh, how about you
2: kevin
3: uh, oh so doug says he's ignorant i would more ignorant than than really than doug to the industry (laughs) um but but the exposure you know to the industry has been amazing and the benefits and the need and it kind of expanding on what doug said it's just uh it's it's so nice to be involved that i will say that my understanding is growing so um it's uh, it's exciting to uh you know to do what i do and just uh you know being a part of cannabis for me is uh, an amazing thing
1: well that's awesome thanks for sharing that side of your stories as well Um, before we take our first commercial break um, we've already established that you're both on ncia's risk management and insurance committee Uh, just tell me a little bit more about you and your companies as well that are that are members of
4: everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too
2: So assured partners is is uh you know I think we did 2 billion in revenue you know 7000 employees so a, a large top 10 top 15 brokerage um but at the end of the day I mean it really just comes down to what's a team committed to um and that's my role I mean my role is really to to be out front and to to stay current on on everything from technology like kevins that can help reduce claims to the various markets to new products, et cetera. And, and for that, then I'm, I'm called upon as subject matter expert uh, to really support my colleagues across the country as they um, develop relationships in cannabis. And then I obviously uh, anchor and have my own clients as well as support them throughout the U.S. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's challenging at times because our industry just lags behind the cannabis industry. We're trying to keep up, um, but it's uh, like Kevin said, it's uh, it's pretty fun, challenging for sure, but fun.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, how about you, Kevin?
3: So my company Three SI is really the world's leader in GPS asset protection solutions. So being able to include advanced technologies, whether we're protecting cash, protecting product, transports, people, uh, our company's fifty-one years old. We really started kind of in the banking industry with the old smoke and die, right? Uh, The bad guy steals the money, goes out the door and the money blows up. Well, over the years that has migrated into a GPS solution. So kind of a one to many solution. So being able to protect that. Um, We have an excellent uh, recovery rate in the cannabis industry. Um, Overall, we have technology in uh, over 200,000 locations worldwide. So we're in 46 countries. It's kind of one of the larger companies you've never heard of because it is a very kind of covert, kind of clandestine type technology, (laughs) but uh, we really control that market. And so when we're talking about cannabis, you know, it is high risk and it's all cash for the most part. Um, You know, you have product that is extremely valuable. You have transports that include risk and then you have staff that you have to take care of as well. So uh, that's really that's the core of what we do. And uh, and cannabis is certainly it's a it's an emerging market for us
1: absolutely all right let's take that first commercial break and then we'll come right back on ncia's cannabis industry voice stay tuned
4: ncia's cannabis industry voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and I'm your host, Bethany Moore, chatting with a couple folks from our Risk Management and Insurance Committee, Doug Esposito and Kevin Mullins. So let's dive into some issues in our industry. Um, Many areas of the country are unfortunately seeing an increase in cannabis dispensary robberies. To the point where some are using the phrase an epidemic of robberies let's talk a little bit about what's causing this sharp increase in these crimes which you know we we knew that it cash heavy business as you mentioned right before the break um you know that that kind of attracts a criminal element is that right
3: yeah i'll jump in on that one you know absolutely It's, you know, the ability or the inability to have access to really, you know, core banking protocols, um, being able to access the banking platforms, being able to access payment systems, um, it's it's driving that. But we're going into almost a perfect storm with what we're seeing from a robbery standpoint. Um, It's post COVID. It's there are economic issues that are now coming into play. We have inflation growing. Um, Take Washington State, for instance. There have been 175 armed robberies of cannabis dispensaries already in 2022 so much to the point that you know the washington state senate has approved an increase in penalties for these assailants who are conducting these crimes and you know crime is up and it can continue to grow we're seeing kind of new points of vulnerability that are building on that and kind of how we manage that how we deal with what those issues are even parking lot crime you know, we're seeing a 69% increase in parking lot crime out there right now. But, you know, it is the issue is, is access to, to banking systems, being able to deposit those monies, having to deal primarily in cash, having to store, uh, you know, significant amounts of cash, um, payment systems access, again, those new points of vulnerability. And some of this is even kind of, you know, it's, um, it's labor driven. You know, we have deliveries, we have transports, So we have these, again, multiple points of failure, multiple points of liability and how we deal with that. Um, We've learned through COVID, you know, we have to do more with less now, right? And so tying back into the labor concerns that, um, you know, it's a difficult job market out there. And so now we have turnover, you know, how do we train those employees? How do we keep them up to speed with what our compliance is, with what our procedures are, what our policies? And as those continue to break down, we see increases in crime. And we'll continue to see that as the industry continues to grow. And so that's a lot of what's driving it. But back to your point, Bethany, it's primarily just the inability to have access to the federal banking system.
1: Hmm. Wow, those numbers are, are pretty dark. That's that's like three robberies a day, you know, cause it's, it's only the end of March now.
2: That's really, wow. What are your thoughts on all that? So I think Kevin, was extremely accurate and eloquent. I mean, it, it really is a, a perfect storm. And we're seeing that obviously with much more uh, insurance claims being filed. And, you know, there's a lot more scrutiny uh, as far as, you know, what people are doing and is the insurance responding. So it, it's definitely a, a challenging time for sure. Because if, if you think about it, anytime you're going to try to utilize insurance, it's like an asset where it literally becomes more expensive. Um, so so definitely everything seems to be going up
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so right so let's talk about some legislation the safe banking act the secure and fair enforcement banking act um, that piece has passed the House of Representatives in Congress a handful of times now over the years um, that would allow cannabis businesses access to the federal banking system um, their you know a, a that really protecting the banks themselves, right? How how would this like directly relieve the stress and the suffering for our licensed cannabis operators out there?
3: Yeah, I'll jump on that one. Um, you know, it's all cash. You know, imagine an industry taking a bag of cash to pay their sales tax. Um you know <laughs> yep. And so, which is exactly what happens. It almost seems ridiculous, you know, that, that we have this the fastest growing industry really in North America and the fact that they don't have access to, you know, what's the core banking system. You know, the government wants the tax revenue, but not a not giving the ability to provide access to the federal banking system, you know, with and it can be expensive. I mean, you can, you know, a cannabis operation can find a bank or a credit union willing to you conduct these transactions but federally you know money's you know gained money's derived from the sale of cannabis is viewed as money laundering and so and so all of the pieces that come into play so these banks and credit unions they will you can bank but it becomes so expensive because with every transaction you know that entity has to file a suspicious activity report or a mm-hmm. sar and, and it becomes almost to the detriment of the cannabis operator that you're not allowed to open things up. Yes, you can introduce some cash to the system, but it is so just inefficient and ineffective for the operator. It becomes difficult. It's, you know, the Safe Banking Act keeps coming up. And uh, when we keep every year, we're, we're more excited and we think, hey, this is gonna come through finally and we see passage and ultimately it gets left on the floor. Um, we have to come together and the NCIA has been amazing at pushing this and, and, and we all have to come together you know, to make sure that, that the industry gets access to you know, these banking platforms, reducing the risk within the operation, uh, reducing risk to staff members, reducing risk to the communities um, you know, by opening that up, and that's that's where you know we we continue and we continue to see the push. It's going to pass. Uh, we just don't know exactly when.
1: Sure, sure. We got to put some pressure on the Senate side at this point. Any thoughts on that, Doug?
2: Yeah, because I mean, Kevin, wouldn't you also agree that cash is obviously one real big challenge? But the other, though, is is as you mentioned before, it's just an extremely expensive um, uh, product. It, it, mm-hmm. It's it's they're highly motivated to steal it. There's a very well established illicit market, so it, I mean they can they can serve that channel, the criminals, all day long. So the banking will definitely soften uh, some of those constraints, but still you're going to have a very very sought after product. Um, you know, so it, it it this is this challenge isn't going away anytime soon.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm yeah and you know there's definitely all this risk that surrounds operating a cannabis business um especially the retail dispensary storefronts right so since we're talking about risk management and insurance um from a cannabis insurers perspective um i can think of some stories and examples just from working in the industry that i've heard but um some stories or examples from from what you could share of a robbery event uh, and the impact that it had on the cannabis operation—everything from financially to how they operate day to day to the aftermath—and then reputations to consider. What, what what are your thoughts around that?
3: Yeah, you know, I can give an example of you know cannabis operator. So this is an operator that owns a. A limited number of dispensaries but they also worked on the wholesale side so they're a wholesale distributor and so they're transporting cash and product um transport typical day you know white van goes out and and they're you know delivering there again it's a cash intensive industry so you're exchanging uh what can be a various to doug's point uh a very marketable product for obviously cash mm-hmm. um in this case um a three hundred thousand dollar transport with the combination of cash and product, um, yeah, the, the transport was compromised. Uh, the, the, uh, the assets were taken from the vehicle and, uh, it ended up being a $300,000 loss to that operator. Mm. Um, and this was a difference in that operator going from operating in the black that year to going in the red, right. uh, the, in talking with the operator later, they thought they had covered. So they thought they had proper coverage in their through their property and casualty. Um, a policy that uh, that they would be covered. It wouldn't be a three hundred thousand dollar loss. They had a twenty five thousand dollar deductible, and they would recover two hundred seventy five thousand dollars. The property the problem is that that coverage did not cover transports. You know, once your cash, once your product leaves, you know, your facility leaves your operation. You're out in the wild at that point, point. Um, and so huge loss for the operator. Um, you know, the profitability for that year is gone, and they felt like they had stepped back almost three years. Um, adding insult to injury. It's um, an employee was actually injured in that event. And now Mm -hmm. you have a workers comp claim, you know, that gets tied onto the mix with that. And you also have morale issues. You have employee turnover, you have reputational risks that follow when events like that happen. It ended up that 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 one event, um, you know, ended up costing the operator over $500,000. And wow. so those those are the risks that 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 fly out there, and that's just that's one example. I mean, I have several, but just an idea of, you know, the potential risks that are associated with uh, with with robberies and uh, and with other assaults.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we're gonna have to jump to uh, our last commercial break here in a second, but um, as soon as we get back from the commercial break, uh, we'll continue our conversation about. These really frustrating scenarios that could be lessened, um, maybe not entirely resolved, but could certainly be alleviated by passing banking uh, at the federal level. So let's take that commercial break and then we'll be right back. Stay tuned.
4: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors.
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry, Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm chatting with Doug and Kevin from our Risk Management. What's the easiest choice you can make?
4: Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
1: and Insurance Committee, uh, we were just sharing kind of a very specific example of a a robbery in the cannabis industry and uh, all the aftermath and in all the the negativity that came from just one incident. Um, Doug, before we move on to best practices going forward, um, were there any anecdotes or examples uh, that you've seen over the years that that you wanted to share
2: yeah sure I and mean, those are all really good points because it's really tough to put a dollar amount on on reputational risk i mean because mm-hmm. you can lose clients or patrons because they could become fearful especially if a dispensary is broken into but the other kind of hidden cost is 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 once you have a claim like that the way these insurance policies are written and the applications i mean you have to disclose all that even if it wasn't insurance there to cover it and that causes your insurance costs to even go up even higher. So it's just a, uh, a cascading effect um, that make it more challenging uh, after any of these things happen for sure.
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, here in Denver, several years ago, a uh, there was a robbery at a dispensary and there are security guards that stand in the front or outside of all of our dispensaries here and unfortunately he lost his life in that robbery. Oof. Yeah, so, I mean, in, it, it can pay the ultimate price, honestly. Um, so, <laughs> all right, so, but looking at some silver linings, um, there's things that uh, cannabis operators maybe can do uh, to protect themselves a little bit. You know, what, what's a girl to do to protect a cannabis dispensary um, from an insurance perspective, but, but also just f- from a holistic perspective as well, uh, what, what kind of advice comes to mind uh, that we could
2: share? Yeah, let, I'll take this one first. I, I mean, and this might sound self-serving, but it's truly not. I mean, first and foremost, a purchase property insurance or, or any insurance for your business that is proper for your business. Because think about it. If you don't have business interruption or cargo coverage or, or coverage for fire and, and one of those events happen, you're in cannabis. You can't simply go down to the, the bank and get an SBA loan, you know, uh, for a half a million dollars and, and restart again. So, mm-hmm. you know, you suffer a large claim and it's uninsurable you're really gonna close your doors. I mean, insurance is the is the easiest, quickest way to draw down on an asset to make the company whole, to bring it back to where it was. And 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 so that's number one. And number two though is if you're gonna spend the money on the insurance, you've got to know all of the loss control measures and warranties that you're that you're purporting that you have in place are actually in place. For example, you know, secured entryways and and fire and burglar alarms that are connected to the central station and specific restricted access to the vaults and safe surveillance cameras. You know, uh, stock is locked up after hours. Your vault has one-hour fire rating. I mean, I'm just not hitting a complete list, but these are all things that are going to make it harder to access and steal your product. But that they're they're literally coverage precedent. If you don't have those things in place and you said you did to the carrier, there will be absolutely no coverage. So it, buy the right insurance and then make sure you've got the safety mechanisms in place so that you actually can utilize your insurance. Mm-hmm. That's kind of one and two. And then, I mean, and Kevin's got some some pretty intriguing technology where you start to layer some of that in. Um, you know, Kevin, it, it, it definitely talk about some of the added technology you guys bring to the table. Oh, you know, you use the right term, Doug.
3: It's it's a layered approach. So, what are the best practices? And so, it's a layered approach to security. Yes, you have you know mandated solutions. You have access control, intrusion and alarms, and vaults, and you know cameras, as you mentioned. Um, but there are solutions like GPS. And so, being able to layer that technology in, and it's really catching the criminal in the middle of the crime. Mm. So, effectively, let them get caught by giving them what they want. You know, and so, you know. Bethany, you mentioned armed guards. Armed guards can be very expensive, you know, and data shows that they can be very ineffective. Often it's the first hostage or it's another gun on site. And there are Mm -hmm. lots of, you know, kind of stories out there about, you know, how shootouts happened and those types of things. And so again, you're looking for those advanced solutions out there and understanding what the resources are from a law enforcement perspective, you know, that yeah, yeah, we have cameras, we collect data, but if it's forensic data, what's the value and how soon can can you know can this data be utilized and how soon can potentially a criminal be be caught so that's really where we encourage we try and you know build a solution and the industry has to consider yes we need you know these this layered approach to at a micro level you know protect our cannabis operation but at a macro level it's industry protection you know it's right. understanding we move forward it's like it used to be at one point you didn't really want a bank in your neighborhood because of concerns about the risk. But now you want the bank because of the convenience. So it's the same direction that we want cannabis to go. So being able to have that dispensary on the corner because of the convenience and the need for it, but ultimately eliminating the risk. And, And that's certainly what we encourage.
1: Right. Right. Awesome. Um, Well, we've run out of time for this episode, but I really appreciate you both joining us and discussing um, these these robberies and what cannabis operators can do uh, to protect themselves. Um, Obviously, a little bit of insurance goes a long way. Um, And I also want to make sure everyone is ready for the eighth annual cannabis business summit and expo happening July 20th through 22nd 2022 in San Francisco more information will be available at cannabisbusinesssummit.com and thanks again to you both for being on the show and thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's cannabis industry voice until next time